I'm Brett Chang. And I am Jay Rosenthal, and this is your Peak Daily for Wednesday, October 4th, 2023, where we cover the biggest stories in Canadian and global business, finance, and tech, all in less than seven minutes. Okay, so Jay, you two played the inaugural show at the Sphere Arena in Las Vegas last weekend, and the visuals are pretty incredible. I don't know if you saw these, but the eye-popping effects don't come cheap. The final price tag to build it was a cool $2.3 billion. To see the Sphere, Jay, what do you think? Uh, it was incredible. I can't wait to see it from the outside and the inside. It did look incredible. You want to hear the most amazing thing about it? Tell me. It made U2 relevant again. Yeah, and I really don't like U2. That's a good point. I, You know, I, I saw it from the outside. The outside's pretty cool, but the inside looked even cooler. Like the immersiveness of it all in a performance setting. That, I think, is the most neat part about it. The outside was cool, but, you know, it's like just a big billboard thing. Yeah, it is really cool. It was unbelievable to look at. It's like something, it's very infrequently that you see something you've never actually seen before. And this is something like out of the future. It's really neat. Can't wait to go. I wouldn't see you two there, but I mean, this will be me. I would love to see a fish show. You know who built it, Jay? I don't. The owner, the, one of the worst owners in professional sports, James Dolan uh, of the New York Knicks and the New York Rangers. Okay, I could see that. It's very Vegas too. It's like, big. Know. It's he's taking a big swing on it. Well, one one concert in it looked pretty good. So yeah, like, who's, who's to doubt that? Brett, aside from the sphere, and I guess U two's relevance again. What do we have for Pete Call today? For our first story, our ongoing battle with India. For our second story, Canada's unprecedented spy trial, and for our last story, Silicon Valley loses longevity. No, she doesn't lose longevity. Loves longevity. Yeah, that's right. There you go. I don't know what to the left. For our first story, it's increasingly clear that Canada and India's spat isn't the kind that's easily resolved over a few texts and a round of beers. Brett, what's the latest on our fight with the world's most populated country? India reportedly demanded that Canada remove 41 of its 62 diplomats in the country by next week per a report by the Financial Times. One source claimed that India has threatened to revoke the diplomatic immunity of diplomats remaining past the deadline. India had previously stated its desire to have an equal number of diplomats with Canada in their respective countries. Canada currently has several dozen more. And it's happening because India has been big mad ever since the Canadian government claimed it had credible evidence linking India to the killing of Sikh separatist Hardeep Singh Nijar. With both the Prime Minister and Foreign Affairs Minister Melanie Jolie refused to comment on the accuracy of the Financial Times report, Jolie did say that Canada was looking to resolve the tensions through private diplomatic talks. And this whole matters because along with the travel advisory and visa service suspension, this is another sign that one of Canada's most important diplomatic relationships is rapidly deteriorating. India provides more new immigrants and international students to Canada than any other country. A long-lasting fallout could hamper Canada's ambitious immigration targets and financially hurt post-secondary institutions that rely on Indian enrollments. Next, the PM said Canada was not looking to escalate things, but it does want India to play ball with an investigation into the killing. And India might just be strong-armed into it by the U.S., but that doesn't mean diplomatic relations are going to get any better. For our second story, in a story ripped from the works of John Le Carré, a landmark at Canadian espionage case just hit the courts. I love spy thrillers. Jay, what's the latest on this case? Well, the eight-week trial of Cameron Ortis is now underway, with the former director general of the RCMP's intelligence unit pleading not guilty to six espionage-related charges. In his role, Ortis had access to troves of information about Canada and its allies. 
Now let's catch you up. In 2019, Ortis was arrested for handing over top secret national security info to four people without authorization between 2015 and 2019. Details about what exactly he disclosed and who he disclosed it to, the hot goss we really want to know, are expected to come out during the trial. And it matters because this will be a precedent-setting trial, as it is the first time a case brought by the Security of Information Act, or SOIA, I guess we're going to call it, will be tried in court and will determine if our current legislative framework is built to handle spying trials, one national security lawyer told the CBC. SOIA, a rarely evoked legislation designed to safeguard national secrets, has only resulted in one conviction in its nearly 22-year history. Pretty rare. Now to zoom out. Canada's Five Eyes Intelligence allies, the U.S., the U.K., Australia, and New Zealand, will have their eyes fixed on the trial as they have reportedly been disappointed by Canada's ability to crack down on leaks and prosecute perpetrators of espionage. And here's the bottom line. With fears around foreign interference from the likes of China and India at an all-time high, prosecutors will be extra motivated to show Canada isn't soft on spies. For our third and final story today, yachts and mansions are nice, but these days, Silicon Valley executives are chasing something money can't buy, Brett time. Yeah, here's what's driving the news, Jay. The who's who of big tech, including Amazon founder Jeff Bezos, OpenAI CEO Sam Altman, and Google co-founders Larry Page and Sergey Brin are leading a Silicon Valley effort to crack the code to longevity. This is per The Economist. They're investing in startups designing drugs, therapies, and treatments that are all aimed at extending human lifespans by reversing how our cells age. And this is happening because the tech industry is going through a bit of a health craze. Between taking up jujitsu and drinking river water, executives have left the days of energy drink fueled all-nighters behind, and they're instead refocusing on slowing the aging process. In Canada alone, the anti-aging treatment market is already expected to grow from 54 million in 2022 to 164 million by 2030. And it matters because longevity trends have started in Silicon Valley, like sleep tracking, sobriety, and different fasting strategies, are entering the mainstream. The commercial longevity industry is growing fast as billionaires invest its small fortunes into anti-aging innovation. Big Pals, thanks for making this the most listened to business news podcast in Canada. If you got a second, why not follow this podcast on your app of choice and leave us a review. And if you want more Peak, make sure to subscribe to our daily newsletter at readpeak.com. Thank you, Brett. Have a good Wednesday. Peak Pals and Brett, you know what keeps me young? Yeah. This podcast. I thought you were going to say like ice cream, but I'll take it. This podcast and ice cream. Everybody have a great Wednesday.